Okay. All right. And welcome to Tomb or Tome. I'm your host, Daryl. And I'm, I'm Liz. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> you, didn't get... you already forgot the order to go in. <laughs> Alright, let's do Who it. are you? No, no. It's in. It's yeah. too late. <laughs> I'm Ian. He's Ian. No, it's supposed, to, it's supposed to be Liz next. Or am I Liz? I, I'm Liz. Oh, and I'm Ian. <laughs> okay, woo. We got everyone settled. We know who everyone is. Um, we are three siblings that are participating in this upcoming NaNoWriMo or NaNoWriMo. I'm not sure how you're actually supposed to say it. We always say, say Remo, so it's probably yeah. how it's going to be pronounced. It's one of those weird things that you only ever see written, but nobody ever speaks out loud. Yeah, and plus when the word gets shortened, is it like writing or do you go W-R-I like Rye, Re? Re sounds oh, better. Oh, yeah. I, did, I never thought about it being related to writing yeah, well, I mean, that's the that's, <laughs> man, <laughs> massive revelations in the first 60 seconds. Yeah, oh, geez. We're going to give a brief introduction with our history with writing. I've participated in I five, I should really know how many, but I think five so far. No, or is it four? No, it's five. Open Sorry. the nano page. I'm going to edit that out. I participated in five so far, and I've completed three of them. And this is going to be my, wait. No. Hold on. Well, I'll go with mine. So I have only participated in one, and I... In my head, I completed it, but technically I did not write a full novel. I wrote a novella, so... Well, that's the interesting thing, because for the competition, they it's writing the full novel apparently is 50,000 words, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. In 30 days. And so you hit, what was it, like 20, 24 for yours? It was around 24, 25, yeah. But you completed your book, right? I did, yeah. And it was within, like, I did all, I wrote every day for Nano, so. Did you, you need to say that your book is I Was Them and They Were Me, and you can purchase it off Amazon or Lulu. Oh, that's true. Well, (laughs) you just (laughs) gave the spiel, but yes. It's like psychological horror type of book, and... You can find it on Amazon or Lulu. It's a great rainy day read. Yeah, as long as you're into, like, grotesquery. Yeah, just sit down with a cup of coffee and <laughs> just enjoy your day. Just enjoy the violence. Speaking of completed books, Ian, what about you? Oh, <laughs> why, why would you set me up like that? Um, I have attempted two nanos. Last year I, like, planned a bunch for a third one, but that never came together. And so this will be my fourth attempt, and I have completed nothing. <laughs> but you didn't you finish one of the nanos? Uh, no, I've never completed one. Oh, I thought you wrote fifty thousand, but you didn't finish your book. No, I wrote. I ended up re- writing like it was like ninety or a hundred thousand, but that was way after Ooh. nano had ended. No, after it had ended. <laughs> <laughs> it's still not done though. No. Oh man. The editing does take a while. Um, I've completed four of my five, and this is going to be my sixth. And none of the books 
only one of the books I wrote to completion during that nano. I had to really squeeze out the last bit of words for the 50,000. But the other three are um, unfinished. Sounds like you have a pretty decent track record, though. Like you've at least... Wait, no, I've only done four books. Wow. <laughs> how, how many books have you done? <laughs> okay. I it, it's only been four nanos I participate. I keep getting confused because I'm checking on the web page and I'm listed up for the fifth one right now, so I keep counting that book in there, but oh. I'm not done with it. I haven't even started it. Have any of us put our the books we're about to be writing into our nano pages yet online? I have. I did. I have a nano page open and half filled out, but not completed. <laughs> yeah, I haven't done anything with this one. Just like most of my books for nano rebo. <laughs> But hey, that that's not the important stuff right now. Is filling out like the that that kind of spiel. It's actually it's telling our listeners what exactly we're doing for this nano, which is we got together and we wanted to all participate in this nano and make a podcast about it so we can look back once we're finished with the book or like a year down the line and we can see how our ideas changed over time. But like one of the quirky things that we had decided to do going into this, knowing we would make a podcast about how everything changed, is we're like, hey, what would it be like if we shared the same characters or locations or magic together in our book? Like, for instance, if I'm like, hey, I want to introduce this character like Luke Skywalker, and then everyone else uses that character in their book in their own way. Or like, I want to introduce this place called the Death Star, or I want one character to have a Force Lightning ability. So we thought it'd be neat to do both this podcast and write our books independently of each other, like we each have our own stories, but we're sharing these common things with one another, and we get to see how every other person plays with that character or location or ability. But it started to get real difficult the more we looked at the details of what we were trying to add. Yeah, where some of us slowly started feeling constricted. I just wanted everything to be barbarian-focused. Apparently, <laughs> nobody wanted to write barbarian books. One of the things Ian was saying is if we had a pirate in our book, like one of our characters is a pirate, he didn't want to make a pirate in his book. So he was just like, I don't want to use pirates. Yep. And likewise, I was thinking something more like uh, high fantasy with everyone has a lot of crazy powers so I'm like I don't want anything industrial and I don't want anyone to have like a magic ability that's very small or hard to notice I wanted like you know crazy shonen type anime <laughs> powers right and then I had to immediately cross out my android that I was gonna <laughs> write so it was really difficult trying to figure out how we were going to make characters and locations in magic and have them fit to each other's story and what we decided to do is we got rid of the magic because I think everyone has a different kind of magic system right now. And we did characters and locations, but they can be adjusted on an author-by-author -author basis to see how it fits the story, as long as it continues the spirit of what that character represents. Right. Should I do my stupid segue? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> what we decided on was ultimately we'd each introduce two characters and two locations that would be featured in everyone's uh, story. So I'm going to read mine off first, and then Liz, and then Ian. So my two characters, uh, they don't have last names, because I was like, I, I was just looking for first names. The first one is Wyron. He's a tall, lean, bald young man with a short beard. He prefers to wear clothing with uh, purple highlights and wears a necklace that belongs to his childhood friend, Horace. He generally acts very calm, but can be reclusive, brash, and rude. 
He wants people to think he's smart, as one of his fears is that they'll discover that he's actually very insecure about himself. His greatest insecurity is that he blames himself for Horace's death. <gasps> yeah, what a, what a shocker. I know. And my, my other character is uh, Sahet. And Sahet is a very tall, uh, tan, stoic woman with jet black hair that's a shoulder-length bob. She prefers to wear a lot of jewelry on her hands, wrist, and neck. Her clothing is primarily white, green, and gold, and her nails are very long. She's extremely confident and playful, viewing men and women as toys to use for however she pleases. She's not overly cruel, but she's not particularly charitable either. I uh, I really like that character. Sahet? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I feel like... Because we were first talking about it that we were trying to make like characters in the beginning. And it's like when you make a male character as like the main character of the journey, that they tend to be sometimes like very boring because they have to be who the reader like can insert themselves into. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they just have to be traditional, like, you know, ignorant or naive, good, good go getter. Yeah, the farm boy with a heart of gold. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then like all the other characters that you write in response to that can always be more interesting, like more confident in themselves or like have peculiarities about them. Yeah. I forgot. I realized, too, that we forgot to mention that one of our uh, rules for making the characters is that we had to do one male and one female. Or wasn't that a rule? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that was a rule because I wanted to try and keep it balanced. Although, again, if you want to be non-binary, that could be cool, too. Alright, so my first character's name is Anna. She is short, curvy, has olive skin, shoulder-length brown hair that's typically kept in a braid, amber eyes, and she's in her early 30s. And she believes people are inherently good. She's good-natured and bubbly. And then my male character is tall. Yeah, T-A-L. Yep, not not (laughs) T-A-L-L. He's average height, actually. He has heterochromia, which means that he has one blue eye and one brown eye. He's mid-30s, strawberry blonde hair kept in a bun, he has a beard. He's confident, charming, but also selfish, and he believes the world owes him a big break. And he's obsessed with spirits and the powers they grant, which spirits was another thing that we had originally sort of made. Yeah, that was our initial magic system that we wanted to use, which I'll get into since my I keep that idea. Mm-hmm. And then that means he ends up. <laughs> All right, so for my... Uh, for my guy character i made a guy named clay sparks he is an elderly black man who has close cropped hair and spectacles he's trim wears gentleman's clothes and he's you call him scholarly looking he's a man with a spiritual past who has since abandoned his faith in pursuit of the sciences so he's trying to seek the truth behind the world that the others around him take at face value when he becomes overwhelmed or excited, he has a tick that surfaces in his left eye, and so he's constantly kind of massaging it. I like the mention of the tick, because I feel like small details like that go a long way in describing who the character actually yeah. is. Well, it was also because Liz had said that she wanted to do a potentially horror-themed novel. Mm-hmm. I wanted to put like a little thing in there to maybe have something, you know, like he's unnerved or he's got maybe something wrong with him or something inside him. I was just going to say, like, from reading your... Or from just hearing your description read, I almost feel like he sounds like someone from, like, an Eldritch Horror game. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you could see him in an Elder Signs, Clay Sparks. Clay Sparks, yeah. He has a nervous <laughs> yeah. tick that makes him, like, roll at minus one every other turn. <laughs> He's always rubbing that up. Yeah, but he, gets, he starts with a revolver, so. <laughs> and then my, uh, my female character is Nettie Webb. She's a middle-aged woman with a pallid complexion. 
She's very tall and thickly built, with a tangled nest of clay-colored hair. I kind of pictured her looking like a, uh, like a Brienne of Tarth. Oh, okay. I was thinking more Kathy Bates. <laughs> oh, that too. Yeah, because I completely forgot that one of her descriptors is she's very tall. Because I was picturing yeah. her shorter. Um, she's seen as your average commoner for whatever fantasy world you want to have. Which means she's uh, seen as being slow-witted and subservient. She's an excellent source of plebeian superstitions. She has a small circular pendant that she wears around her neck that when she clutches it in times of need. Companions, if observant enough, can often catch flashes of a dark intelligence behind her cow's eyes. So that last part I kind of put in, again, so that maybe you guys could have her do something a little interesting. Maybe not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a little depth of character. Sure. Yeah, we didn't write these, like, uh, all at the same time either. It was, like, kind of sequentially, so there was a bit of us, like, uh, fitting our characters around each other. Because one of the things is, like, with my character, Wyron, the the bald man, that he was going to be my main character, so I was cautious about whether or not someone else had written a main character, like, archetype. Because then I could just use them instead of him. Right. Yeah. Um. So then, our locations... I, my first location, and remember, this is very vague, so it could be, like, a building or it could be an entire continent. It depended just what we wanted to do with it. My first location is the Dayspire. Uh, towering above every other man-made construct is the Dayspire, a twisting, spiraling building that glitters in the sunlight. It is a symbol of religious unity, home to the most influential people in the land. Its sacred status means that few get to see inside of it, and it is heavily protected and guarded Guarded by magic that even fewer understand. History has it that it was constructed out of the forearm of a dead god, and it can be used to commune with his soul. It's a cool description. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's a cool place. <laughs> uh, my second location, and this one was a bit harder to come up with, is the Flesh Border. A realm between the living and dead found deep within the earth. It's cold, dark, and metallic, with strange-shaped gems that can be found embedded in the walls and floor. Wandering spirits can affect people and vice versa, and any person that stays in the flesh border too long will find their soul disassociated from their body and pulled into the slow, molasses-like current that flows into the afterlife. Many are privy to madness after being in the flesh border, as it is a realm that no mortal being is meant to touch. It smells bittersweet of both lavender and ash. Again, very cool. The only problem with that one is, is like if you if I wanted to be like, man, I'm gonna make just a kids book, a super happy, lovely kids book. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're like, oh, you want to leave the castle and go to the flesh border? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, that sounds great. <laughs> and th- that is like, we'll get into it. I'll I'll point something else out about Liz's locations. All right. Well, speaking of my locations, so my first one is called Beetle Quarry. And it's located at the heart of an ancient forest. Beetle Quarry is about the length of a football field and goes 200 feet into the earth at its deepest point. I actually had to look up depths of quarries around the world because I wasn't (laughs) sure, like, what's too deep? I mean, this is the life of being an uh, writer, (laughs) artist. Um, Primarily composed of thickly layered shale that can often prove for dangerous falls as it breaks. Residents of the nearby town built a staircase leading to the bottom. At the bottom, you'll find many rivers flowing across smooth stone into tiny pools of water. High spirit activity is reported in the area and neighboring forests, and many people see it as a place of cleansing. 
But yeah, the little detail I liked in that was the mini rivers and the, the tiny pools of water. I really liked that. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like a comfy place. And then my second location is the Tooth and Nail Ironworks. Once the prime place for metal casting and iron forging, Tooth and Nail now stands abandoned. An empty shell of dusty machinery and long-since cooled fires, you'd never know it used to be a place of bustling activity and wealth. Yet 30 years ago, a large fire blazed its path through the center of the building, trapping many of the workers inside, ensuring their untimely death. The forge was never restored and has lain dormant ever since. Some say restless ghosts walk the grounds at night. Others believe darker forces are at work. And that's a that's like a neat, creepy location. And m- the rub I have with it is that my world is completely pre-industrial. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, uh, I I. I don't know what to do with this. Like, do I turn it into like a textile mill kind of place? Yeah. Or, like, just just blacksmithing would work, right? Yeah, black a uh, blacksmith area. Call it a smithy. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's where we brought in like how we can kind of tweak each other's things a little bit. Luckily. Mm-hmm. All right. So then, my first location that I came up with, which. Before I describe it, so in the beginning I made a joke where I was like, you know what, I'm going to do the first main town that everyone's always going to have to leave from. And then D, you were like, yeah, go ahead and do it. And I was like, all right, fine. So I did. (laughs) So so my my first location is called Three Thickets. It's a uh, a regional center of power. I said similar in terms of influence of, think like a Midwestern state capital, like, I don't know, like a Chicago or Milwaukee or something like that. As far as, like, you know, size and importance in the country. Like, everyone knows about it, but it's not, like, you know, that important. Mm-hmm. Um, legend has it that three rivers met, dividing one thicket into three. Thus, three thickets. Three thickets. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the first settlers dammed the river, flooding the lowlands and forming the man-made three-thicket sea. The town is built around the sea, which is full of jackdace, a small five-inch-long fish. Why I decided to put that? <laughs> no, I don't, I don't know. That's what I kind of like is I like that you add in specifically what type of fish is there because I'm like I guess that fish exists in my world no matter what. <laughs> yeah. um, I said ideally the location will be used during a festival of some kind, celebrating a spiritual solstice centennial type event. It's a good chance to explore local culture without hiding or while hiding nefarious deeds. Hmm. Yeah, I like that yeah. location just because it like. I feel like it could fit into any book. Which, that's good, because I was, I was 100% writing just for my book, so... <laughs> I, I was able to at least get both of your locations, like, immediately picture them in my head for my book. Good. And uh, my second location is called Sweet Summer. It's a ghost town where the inhabitants refuse to die. After a mining boom went bust, the town was left high and dry. People there are shriveled, hungry, and suspicious. The entire town faces in a single direction, towards a long winding path that moves into the hills, where an hour's walk away, the abandoned Antares mines shaft sits. Some say it was mined out, others claimed too many able bodies were lost before it could be fully exploited. And then I put at the end, maybe they mined too deep. And then I looked that up, and that's definitely a Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Mines of Moria. I know, the dwarves. (laughs) Yeah, and then I was like, uh. (laughs) Which I'm sure satisfied Liz. I did. I really like that place, too, because when you said that um, all the town faces towards the same path, I was like, I don't think I've ever seen a town where every building faces the same way. 
Mm -hmm. Like the tick, that's a nice small detail that gives a lot of color to the town where it's like, okay, this is already like partially part of my world building done right there is in the description. And that's a small window into what part of my writing process is, which is I like to get a very realistic, like grounded idea of something. And then I go back and I throw a twist on it to make it interesting. Yeah. Mm. It's like it's like I took basic ghost town or like you know like town that's dying and then I I did that to make it like oh that's, that's weird that's interesting. Yeah, whereas I just I often just go crazy and I'm like how about this tower made from a god? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's still really cool though, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, we had to formulate our book ideas within like 2 weeks I'd say around each of those characters and locations and try and figure out what we want to do like what kind of book we can write within 30 days for NaNoWriMo yeah we don't want to say it was a rushed process but it was a rough (laughs) we can't say it and I do want to say it because it was a really rough process that's in the spirit of NaNo though right yeah yeah I suppose kind of before this i was actually going to write a completely different book and then we were talking about like trading ideas i'm like i want to make sure that this book that i was originally going to write is going to be the book that i wanted to write so i'm like i i'll, I'll just do a new book from scratch with everyone else that's kind of why we gamified it though right is so like yeah we're all kind of in this together yeah well yeah it's also why we started each of us started from well Almost each of us started from like a blank slate and then tried to work up what it would be around it. Um, so we each have uh, our books, essentially like we have an overview of them done, or like a, a general outline for each of them. And for my book, I because I'm very big into naming things so I can get an idea of exactly what it's going to be. Like I like starting with names. Uh, My book is called The Long Day, and the pitch of it is that in this fantasy world, the sun is not going down, and it's slowly, like, scorching the landscape and making, turning everything dry. As it would. Yeah. And, well, it'd be really catastrophic if, like, somehow the earth stops spinning. (laughs) (laughs) Whereas here, I just wanted to do something simple where it's like, you know, the land's flat and it's just like a sun in the sky. I don't have to deal with any kind of astrological implications. I'm just like, start with like this simple idea and see what expands from there. And in my story, there's this uh, character called the Lord of the Land. And he's essentially the king of the whole area. And he has the power to make the sun go down and to, like, make it go back to normal. Because this happens once every hundred years. And the, like, the premise, what starts the story and everything is that the Lord of the Land is not performing the ceremony that makes the sun go down. He is not doing it for some reason. And the main character sets out because he is told he needs to go and collect three other people. And they have to go and kill the Lord of the Land and then make the sun go down. And so, um, my world is a bit, maybe, I don't know whether or not to talk about this now or later, <laughs> like the, the world stuff or, um, maybe later. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You don't have to get into it. Uh, I mean, cause, that. cause then maybe me and Liz could be, have a little bit more developed worlds as well. Should I get into my description or? Yeah, sure. So basically I was going to write a fantasy novel, a horror fantasy, and then kind of pulled a 180 <laughs> and i said i'm gonna do separate horror stories like an anthology book and shove them together yep because we were talking that liz is she's 
living under a pretty stressful time right now, so she might not be able to hit the 50,000 words. So, and plus, due to that, she hasn't written a full book, and nor does she really want to. Yeah, I like small, concise. I'm not a big, giant, grand writer. Go ahead, insult my book. Go ahead. (laughs) No, I think that's great. Long, plotting, (laughs) rambling. The ramblings. Aimless. Yeah. So basically, I have it narrowed down to six or seven short horror stories that are all gonna hopefully hit 50,000, but maybe, maybe just 25. (laughs) So none of these have titles currently. So the first one is that uh, this girl, it can see like a red light through her window every night and she's and it's in the forest in her backwoods and she's slowly drawn to it and creepy things happen. It's pretty much how I'm gonna end every creepy things happen. (laughs) Um... My next one is kind of summed up with the one sentence I have written, which is, what's at the bottom of a sinkhole? So basically, (laughs) a man is in his house, and his house falls into a sinkhole, and it explores what happens to him when he's alive, still inside his house. Okay, wait. Yeah, go ahead. You first. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to ask, is it eldritch-oriented? Like, is there, like, a portal to a world with tentacles? Uh, it's not Eldritch, but, well... Wait, you can save it as long as you say it's not. <laughs> it might be, we'll see. I'm, I will say that that might be where the flesh border is being used. Mm. Oh my. <laughs> um, my third one is, I actually have written, but I looked at the word count yesterday and I might have to expand. But my third one is about a blind girl goes to college and she tries to get a roommate for the first time. And her roommate is a little odd oh boy okay my what is this fourth is these college kids are preparing to have a festival in their town and i forget what i called it it's like burger day or something and they're getting all prepped up for that and they end up going to it and burger day ends up going seriously wrong (laughs) (laughs) oh boy I get anytime there's like horror and you also know it's about meat, you're immediately like, oh, this is not going to end well. <laughs> it's people. It's people. It's definitely people. <laughs> and then my my last one, and this was the one that I was actually going to make my novel before I decided to do a bunch of short horror stories, is about this. And this is the one I have the most developed, so it might end up being the longest, too. It's about this guy... Uh, ends up meeting a spirit and he gets I haven't decided what it's going to be exactly but he gets some sort of weapon and the weapon can slowly drain like the spirit energy from other people and in return the demon says if he gives him that spirit energy he'll give the guy powers Hmm. and so the guy slowly starts to like and it like doesn't hurt the people but he slowly starts draining from them and, and giving it back to the spirit. See, that sounds like I'd expect you to have a lot more written of like the other ideas. That's one I wouldn't expect you to have said, like, I'm mostly like finished with it and everything. Well, it's because for that, too, because then I also ended on that I think I might. I'm not sure yet, but I might end up having um, a separate guy that kind of ends up hunting him down. Like, he knows what he's doing, and he finds out, and he slowly starts, like, hunting this guy down. So sort of like a thriller mystery. Okay. And then I have another book, but I, that's not expanded on at all, so I'm not sure if I'm even going to keep it. I haven't decided. No, this would be another book you'd include in this? Yep. 
And that's okay. just basically about this guy finds this uh, little toy at a gift shop, and the toy's evil somehow. <laughs> I haven't expanded on oh, it. Oh, like a, a certain story I read for a podcast. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and th- those are all my stories for now. Well, I feel like one of the benefits to going the short story route is that if you feel stuck in one story, you're not like, like I have to get past this. You can always jump and take a sidetrack to another story. Right, yeah. So which which stories are Clay and Nettie going to be used in? Well, we'll we'll come to that after you do your your oh. plot outline. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's so cute. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to know. <laughs> All right, so my pitch is going to be so I have a fantasy world that I am developing completely separate to this this nano and I'm going to make this nano book take place in it so that I can have like a nice writing exercise basically to try to hash out a bunch of stuff of how my world's going to work. Like how people talk and like the regions they're from and stuff like that. That's a pretty good idea and I feel like Nano's really good for that. For instance, I'm using this as kind of like a springboard into the other story I want to do, but it's not, they don't take place in the same worlds like yours, but I'm using it to see how well I can write in third person because I love writing in first person. I don't know if I'm strong in third, so this will be like a, a test for me. Cool. Um, and so I guess the elevator pitch would be, it's going to start off at a festival and this is a fantasy world that is kind of like a, like just right at the turn of an industrial era America, but think like, instead of like Tolkien fantasy, it's like American influenced fantasy with like native American influences and stuff like that. And so it's going to be at this festival and then all these like Random people, all the characters we've made, are going to come together, and they're all going to hop into a wagon, and they're going to trek off on some unknown journey, and things are going to go really bad along the way. Oh, no. oh wait, so so is it like <laughs> scary fantasy? Like, or is it it, sad? yeah, I, no, no, I was going to go into like creepy, creepy stuff. Oh, oh, okay. oh you were wow, yeah. Because when you told me it was supposed to be like more american style fantasy i was just picturing like more of like a traditional fantasy story in the under the lens of just like americana well let's just say i, I have to work a flesh border it could be like a place like where people almost they go there to like almost die because they're like this is a cool place man <laughs> yeah. like, like a really wild casino yeah, or? Like, no like like an adrenaline rush like you go in there and you you almost die <laughs> hey do you guys want to go to the beach or do you want to go to the flesh border uh. flesh border i also thought that might have, i was i briefly thought about making that the name of a brothel in like some wild west town oh man yeah, yeah see that would be pretty good and i'd, I'd be okay with that because i realized like, thinking about Liz's factory thing, it's like sometimes you actually, you can't hit that with your story, depending on what you want to do. My poor factory. My poor Ooh. abandoned factory. Yeah, where it's like, if you don't want to have an afterlife in your world, it's like, you have to axe that part of the uh, the flesh border. A little bit, yeah. So is yours, so yours is going to be more grounded in reality, or there is going to be supernatural? Yours is an Ian? 
No, yeah, yeah, yeah yes. <laughs> yours. <laughs> yours isn't you. <laughs> you mean yours isn't my story? Yeah, I, I, I suppose I could have just said me. <laughs> Ian's getting better at third person. Um, yeah, he's already in the mindset. <laughs> yeah. Well, for Ian's story, uh, no, it, it's based in reality as in like, hey, you know, everyone's got guns and we have a constitution and stuff. But fantasy is in like, there's still magic and still beasts and the world's really weird speaking of stuff like the constitution uh for my world there's one leader that rules over like different regions but he's generally seen or at least right now in my head he's generally seen as the 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 central figure that unites the world do you is your region all united under like one system of government you're talking about to Ian again? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a whole uh, world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it would be. Um, I haven't really given that much thought. It's definitely, definitely like the the continent itself is all unified like America. But there's mm-hmm. going to be like other, you know, power structures within that, much like we have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, but like a state by state level yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, states and then like certain cities have more power than others and then you have like outside forces like just like we do other countries and then even within it you're going to have factions that have a lot more power that you know circumvent the whole state government kind of level. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So now we're going to describe for our, the podcast how we're using each other's characters or locations like how we fit them into our story. And I'm going to start by saying, Liz, I cannot find any use for your locations <laughs> presently. I I keep trying to think about it, but I'm like, I, I'm thinking so big picture that I haven't thought small down to like a quarry or a factory. Wait, wait, wait. Did you say locations plural? Like neither of them? Yeah. Oh, oh. really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought you just meant the factory. Yeah, I know, because he's been picking on that factory this whole time. <laughs> Well, that's the hardest one to like try and figure out, but like a smithery makes a lot more sense. But I just because I'm thinking in big broad strokes for my story, like I want them to go from this city to this city to this city. I haven't thought down to what do they do in each city. So I haven't thought down to like do they go visit a quarry here or is smithery here? This is a good time to bring this up. Is is it out of the spirit of our thing if like you have your characters go to one of the cities you want to go to and they just happen to go to a what was that place called tooth and nail yeah if they go to a a, a smithy called tooth and nail and they like don't really do much there but they just go to it you i know what i mean yeah or do we have to make them like like a focus in the story i feel like it's okay because like not all of our characters are gonna be main characters mm-hmm. so i think it's okay if yeah, as long as it's used and it's not just brushed over, like, well, I guess maybe that is brushing over, I'm not sure. It, it's a tough call to make. I think each story, we have to take it on a story-by-story basis, because it, it is rude, kind of, to, like, introduce your character, like, they wave to someone, it's like, hello, Get I'm Sahet, <laughs> goodbye, or, yeah. Or, yeah. I, like, I thought of them leaving, and you thought of them getting stabbed. <laughs> wow. Oh, boy. Well, we gotta get in the writing, writing mindset. Yeah. That's where my stories are going, man. <laughs> Everyone gets stabbed. Yeah, that's just, it ends with the same sentence. Maybe they stabbed too deep, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Clay walked in the room, was stabbed. Nettie walked in the room, also stabbed. Yeah, it, it's hard to determine, 
like because we didn't want to just do this like write in these characters and have another person just discard them and be like well i don't want to use them it's because it's it's about this challenge of where do i fit this person or this location into my story well and so what i've been trying to do with your guys's things because i have a rough outline of how it's going to go is i'm trying to have like the locations they're going to are the places that you guys have listed right yeah whereas it sounds like uh d's just going too big picture to do that so far yeah, because I have, I have the cities they visit, but not anything within the city. They're, at one point, they have to talk around, like, they have to meet with someone at, like, a table, and it's like, maybe I could switch it to, like, a smithery. So it's, like, more in secret, but I'll see. Mm. Um, with Ian's locations, they were a lot easier to do, because... Thank since, you, thank you. Well, <laughs> since, since they were cities, it's like, oh, I'll just put these down somewhere, so... Uh, my my world is split up into six different areas, and two of the cities are in the same area, which is like the, the fertile hills, kind of like the farmlands of the world. And so three thickets had changed into three rivers, and it actually it meets at a point of three rivers between three regions. And I didn't realize this is one of the things when you're given like what these characters or what these locations are on like a piece of paper you tend to latch onto the things that you like and extrapolate from there. And so I kind of saw the three thickets as like a meeting place between borders of areas. So I actually made it the capital of that region rather than just like a town you pass through. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. It's a promotion. (laughs) Yep. Boy, he gets promoted. (laughs) That's going to be a place where actually two of the characters are. Um, It's going to be a place where Nettie and Anna are oh okay okay. and not only that but Nettie and anna are gonna be mother and daughter oh Oh. so Nettie's the daughter huh (laughs) yeah so i had to age Nettie down a little bit from 30 oh wait i I was joking you're being serious (laughs) no (laughs) i meant anna anna's the daughter (laughs) okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah no, Nettie's the mom, and Anna's uh, going to be the daughter. And I had to okay. age Anna down a little bit to make it, so she's closer in line to my main character, Wyron. Okay, cool. And then the other place, uh, S- Sweet Summer, because I don't have seasons in my world, be- and there's there's no like there's no deserts and no ice areas. Like I I kind of just wanted to play around with the the environments in the world and get rid of like stuff we know and we take for granted like snow um i had to make it instead sweet soil and it'll be a place instead of like a mining town it was like a very rich farmland type of area that has suddenly become corrupted and polluted and no one can live there because the land is poison sure that uh that keeps the my intent in the town alive yep and the person that's going to be there studying the poison land is clay yeah yeah (laughs) Makes sense. Yep, so that's going to be after he, the main character meets with Nettie and Anna. He goes over and sees uh, Clay. Now, are Nettie and Anna coming with the main character, or is he just, like, meeting them? Yes, then... they are both coming with it, and the twist I have is the main character has to meet three people in the story. Byron has to meet Nettie, he has to meet um, Clay, and he has to meet Sahet, and they have to go with him. But Nettie is going to bring her daughter because her daughter is going to be very useful in, like, the times to come and everything. Mm-hmm. And plus it gives my main character at least, like, I've been kind of thinking it's like I should just go with the traditional path of having a love interest there. 
Yeah. So I'm like, oh, this will be good. Which leaves uh, one character out, which is Tall, Liz's male character. And I decide to make him the Lord of the Land, the central villain in the story. Oh. <laughs> oh, boy. Does he stab people? <laughs> <laughs> in a way, <laughs> I suppose. Yeah, so um, it, what stuff is trying to think about where to fit him into the story at times because uh, one of the issues with writing that you'll encounter a lot is when you have the question of why do characters do this or why didn't they do this? For instance, if the sun's not going down and the lord of the land is the only one that can put it down, why hasn't anyone stopped him or killed him or anything? Yep. And so I have to come up with a lot of reasons for that and also since I want the main character to at least see Tall once or twice before like the main showdown at the end of the story, I have to find ways to have him in the world and interact with the main character, but not, also not kill the main character. You see this in a lot of shows where like villains and heroes will meet, and one of the things I hate is it's like, if the villain has like four unstoppable generals of like the elements and they're so strong, why don't all four of them kill the main character right there? Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to find a way to make it more like, logical for why wouldn't these two fight each other and why wouldn't like the world fight against the guy who's dooming it right now right sure now did you go into this knowing you wanted to use one of ian or i's characters as your main villain uh actually yes i was either going to use someone's character as the main character and then i'd use one of mine as the main villain like i was thinking sahet for a while Mm -hmm. or i was going to make someone the main villain like that and i specifically wanted to make it more of like a journey where they go out and you know they meet different characters sort of like lord of the rings perhaps where you just you bring on like these different like skill sets to your group and that's why i left it open for each of your characters because i'm like i'll i'll be able to use these in some some way right i was actually i had a spot open because um my story follows the traditional like monomyth the hero's journey of where like they're pushed out into grand adventure and have to go through trials and end up getting like something powerful in return and my character gets pushed out by a mentor and i thought one of your guys would be a good mentor but with because of clay's tick i was like i actually want to make him a main character especially since he's a scientist like no one had a gandalf character which i was expecting and that would be my mentor so i kind of had to make my own oh okay that's fine uh, clay, clay kind of works like that in my book as well should i move on to mine do it so oh i didn't say where i'd use my two the Dayspire and the flesh border but i mean i feel like those are very kind of obvious that i'll use them somewhere in the world sure yeah the book's not the book's not going to start in the the flesh border is it <laughs> no that that's going to be actually because in the monomyth like every character kind of like goes to the afterlife or like sticks or hell like they visit it i was like i have to have a point where a character goes to the space between the afterlife and what i'm going to do is i'm going to have them go there looking for horus Oh, oh, that's the really person cool. that Wyron felt bad that died. Actually, there's another reason he's gonna go there, but he's gonna end up looking for Horus there. And that, that's like a spoiler from my book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Did we all use Horus? <laughs> hey, he's gotta come back. That's true. I should write Horus into mine because it could be creepy. Um, so let's see. I'll just go with locations first. So three thickets. I have decided to make that. The, the one that's about the college students that go to the festival and something goes wrong. Um, three Thickets is where the college is. Sure, that sounds like a nice uh, Midwestern 
Yeah, I thought it sounded like a nice, like... Like a, where, where's Archie? Riverdale? Is that what it is? <laughs> exactly, yep. 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 Yeah. Oh, yeah, and then also you had written that the location could be used during a festival, so I was like, why not? <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Uh, and then Sweet Summer is going to be the girl that sees the light in her woods. She's going to live in the town of Sweet Summer because I was slowly thinking about it, and I think I might actually make, like, an overarching thing happening in the town that's pretty sinister. And I thought that Sweet Summer was a good... It, like, has such a nice name, but underneath... Yeah, it's like a diversion where you're like, oh, this is a nice place. Yeah, but it's really kind of rotten. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, and then Three Thickets is actually going to have the Day Spire in it. Oh. oh. Is that just going to be, like, a monument? Um, It's going to be a tower, and I actually really want to use in that story because I really like latched on to the idea that it's a religious area mm-hmm. is is it gonna be like a uh, like a very like creepy thing that's in the town that like nobody knows what goes on in there or something or uh yeah and and some people that are running the festival might be in there and there's gonna be some religious cultish connections uh, oh man I really like this yeah Liz's favorite thing to describe <laughs> yeah, yeah. What creepy stuff? <laughs> no creepy cult, cult religious yeah. stuff. Oh. <laughs> People um, chanting in unison, especially. Yes. Oh, yeah. Silent Hill. Long, type. long history of chanting. <laughs> yeah. And then obviously the flesh border is going to be that sinkhole story. He's going to walk out and basically be in it. I feel like that's like such a big spoiler for what the story is, unless like you use different things for like what it's going to be like. Um. Yeah. I mean. I don't know. I think that one's going to be really fun to write, depending. Okay. Um, and Clay is the only character I haven't quite decided where to put him, because I was originally going to put him in that Toy Story, Toy Story, and he was going to be the main character, but if that doesn't work out, I'm going to put him in the, the one I have the most expanded for, the one that's about the spirits and the guy with the weapon and all that. Yeah, because... I feel like for your stories, you could work at like maybe a like a professor role to like you know some students or like you know some expert that they go to for information. Yeah, I'm not too worried about him because I like I have a lot of avenues where I could put him. I just haven't sure for sure figured it out. Okay. Um, Nettie is actually going to be in that story that's about the guy with the the weapon and all that because originally I was going to have another guy hunting him down when he finds out that he is doing all this terrible stuff. But I think I might switch it, and I think I might make it Nettie is the one that's trying to hunt down my main character, who's tall. Mm. Oh, so would this be... Would she be seen as a bad character? No. Or is it kind of, like, morally gray? Actually, Nettie would be, if anything, a protagonist, because tall is really not good in this story. So she'd be, like, the Van Helsing of your book? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Okay. That's really cool. I think you could do like cool things too with the fact that she seems like, like Ian said, like a plebeian. Like mm-hmm. she just seems like a regular person, but actually she's secretly a hunter. Yeah, like I feel like I would want like the intention to be like it's almost like if a housewife, yeah, like an unassuming yeah. housewife was actually like this like crazy important demon hunter. Yeah, that's why I went for her is because you don't expect it, but then she's got that intelligence I, there. I guess I just described Buffy, but. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then Wyron, I'm really excited to use because he's going to be the guy that gets stuck in the sinkhole house. Oh, yes. 
And so I'm excited to use him. And now actually I can, oh, writing horse in there. Like, I like this idea that all of us are going to have Wyron go into the flesh border. Yeah. He doesn't <laughs> have to like, find Horus. That's the one constant throughout our stories. He doesn't have a good time. <laughs> and then uh, Sahet, I'm going to put in the college town story because I had written, I had like five or six characters called Jage Kids for that. And I'm mm. going to replace my, there was just like this bold, brash girl and I'm going to replace her name with Sahet. Okay. Um, I just might have to change that name a little bit because I'm not sure how well it would fit with everyone else. But yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I ch- I changed it a little bit from mine. Yep. And got the approval from the the big man. <laughs> yeah, R- R.I.P. Sahet. Yeah. But yeah, that's where I'm gonna put everyone's stuff. I don't know if I should list where my stuff is going, or at least what stories they're going in. Sure. Sure. Yeah, go for it. Um, pretty much all my stuff that I give to you guys is actually going in that. That I just want to call it like a witch hunt type story. I don't know the spirit hunting mm-hmm. story. Okay. So. Oh, so they just fit into that one somewhere. Yeah, because I had originally written all of it for that story, since that was going to be my nano book before I switched everything. Oh yeah, that's right. Wait, so that means your locations fit in there too? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So, so the story like with the blind girl, that's completely you have to do everything new for that, right? Yeah, that one's completely on my own, and um, everything else at least has somewhat some of some other people's things in it. Mm-hmm. But it's because the blind girl one is pretty much done currently. Okay. Cool. What about you, Ian? For me, <laughs> my two characters, you, I from the descriptions, you can figure out how they would fit into a band gets together and travels into bad place mm-hmm. um do wait i have a question do they go out in like a wagon because i pictured this like a oregon yes. trail type of thing yeah. <laughs> yes and, okay. I, and i want i, I want to do some like crazy stuff for like kind of from the east you have some like motorized vehicles coming hmm. and there's like trains all around so this is like gonna be like a very like death of you know the west type of feel so who mm-hmm. gets dysentery first <laughs> Oh, and then dies. <laughs> and who hunts the buffalo? Yeah. <laughs> um, so for its, what's the name of your uh, your guy, the Wyron? Yeah, Wyron. So Wyron, I thought was like a really cool name. It's just for like the kind of Americana I'm going for. I wanted like a real like American first name, and so I made Wyron his last name, and so he'll go by Wyron. But mm-hmm. I, his I made a first name is Seth. So Seth mm-hmm. Wyron mm-hmm. is his name in mine. And I made him balding because I needed him to be a little bit older. Oh, wow. Because in my book, he's like 21. And he has like a great head of hair, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, he, he is bald. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I believe he so is what, bald. So why did I make mine balding instead of just bald? <laughs> it's, it's because you latched onto the bald young man. That you're like, oh, he's bald, so he's balding. <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe that's what it was. Maybe I'm like, no, he's... Oh, because is your guy like actually bald or is he like i shave my head because i'm like a monk type of guy i think i'm gonna make it that he shaves his head perhaps okay maybe that's what i was going for is i was like he's too young to be bald that makes no <laughs> sense <laughs> this is stupid so you gave him some hair <laughs> actually i might get rid of his beard too looking at this description because i keep picturing in my head someone without a beard yeah and then for sahet again really cool name but didn't really fit into my world because it's it sounds like too fantasy, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I was going for something more Egyptian with that name. Mm-hmm. Sure, and and in my book, I'm kind of trying to just deal with like America and like the 
influences the directly affected America. So I went for a uh, Native American name, which would be Sihu. Mm-hmm. Sihu? I don't know how to pronounce it. S-I-H-U. Which which you passed on, so that's or approved. Mm-hmm. Yep. It, so, was, it was... Ian sent me a list of, like, uh, Native American names starting with the letter S, and it was hard trying to find something to fit to it. Yeah. But that that was, like, the closest one. I think that's a nice name. And you also gave her a last name, right? Oh, yeah, she didn't have that. Uh, yeah, Ward. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, cause you do first and last for all your characters, which uh, Dee and I do not. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. Yeah, part of me just didn't want to have to deal with trying to think about how people do surnames in my world. So I was like, <laughs> it's just going to be it's just going to be first name of this location. And that's just how they're like, that's how they refer to people. Oh, so I'd be like, uh, like clay of th- three thickets. Yeah. Kind of thing. Okay. Yep. Yeah, better hope there's not two clays in that town. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was also thinking. It's like, well, what happens when you have like two people? But I, I'll figure it out. Cross that bridge when you get to it. And then for Liz, for your characters, I decided, because both of them, it was Anna Fratelli was her last name, right? Yeah. Or did you change that? I just deleted them from mine because I thought we were doing last names because I was looking at the doc. Either way, I made your two characters married. Right. In my book. And both their last names are going to be Heilson? Uh, I was saying Heelson, but yeah. Heelson, yeah. So it'll be Tall Heelson and Anna Heelson. They'll be married. And then in your guys' locations, I don't think I'm actually going to change much. I might drop some of the spirit stuff and maybe make like another reason that's not necessarily spirits, but like in the same, you know, vein of spirits, mm-hmm. like power, magic, something. But for the most part, I'm keeping your guys' uh, locations exactly what they are. Okay. Okay. The one thing I was going to maybe do, because Beetle Quarry is very close to that mine that I mentioned that Sweet Summer points to. You think so? Oh, or you mean geographically? Or no, just like... In concept, I think. Yeah, in concept. So Sweet Summer faces a mine, and the mine is called the Antares Mine, and then Beetle Quarry is a quarry, and so I didn't want to have too many mines and quarries Mm, going on. Okay. So I was was thinking about actually just having Sweet Summer face the Beetle Quarry. Oh. Okay. Okay. So that would make Beetle Quarry, I guess, the final place that they go. Before they descend into the flesh border. <laughs> oh, yeah. Boy. Again, there's, you can't just casually walk by a flesh border. Nope. <laughs> no, you definitely, you definitely can. There's that definitely is a location. that occurs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so what, you can casually walk by a day spire? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Like, oh, that's, some, that's some forearm of a god. <laughs> yeah, whatever. just the arm of a god. <laughs> uh, yep. oh. so that's, that's how I'm using your guys' stuff. Okay. Sounds good. Um, the, all right, so the last thing we're going to talk about is just since we're going to start writing right now, it's October 29th. Uh, we're going to start writing. Oh, God, it is. <laughs> we're going to start writing in about over 50 hours or so. So we're going to talk about right now the potential difficulties we see ourselves having in the future with our stories. Boy. And right now for mine, I ha- I, I'm going really large scale. I have... Uh, 37 different cities and I have about 20 of them like the basic gist of them like their name and what they entail and like six different regions I have what each of these regions are but the thing is I want to finish this book like in this go like either by nano or shortly after nano I want to be done with it I don't want to work on this like it's a magnum opus so I don't know how I'm going to have the character take a journey through every region and city and place 
and be able to do it like in a very fulfilling but succinct way mm-hmm. oh boy yeah i think that's gonna be like my biggest issue i guess i'll one of the fun things or one of the nice things about nano starting off is you kind of get a feel for how much you're writing each day and how much ground you're covering so for instance like since I have six different regions, if I cover the first in 10,000 words and I'm like, I'm all done with it, I don't need it anymore, that's that's a pretty like comfortable place to be at. But if I do it in like 2,000, I know I need to write a lot more. Right. And if, if like a third of my nano is stuck in that first area, I, I have to leave it. You know, it's going to be bad. You're saying you don't want to have a 300,000 word six region book? Yeah, I don't think I have that in me, but again, the more I think about the story, the more I can probably think of things to put in it. But now, I feel like I can see the potential, like, disaster, because you have six regions and they're going to visit all six? I, I want them to. I really do want them to. Because I want it to be like a world journey. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, this is one of those ones where, like, I always picture, like, 80s kids movies. Like, say, like, Never Ending Story. Mm-hmm. or any of those other like you know like those types of fantasy movies because they go a lot of places in them but they do it in what an hour and 20 minutes yeah which like as far as like you know script wise and everything that's not it's not that long of a script so it's possible it's just i feel like you have to just kind of like hit the highlights in each zone right yeah and i can't get down to like local politics or history that much it just sure, has to be yeah. like this is the feel of each area right yeah and you've never written a book it's like you haven't really written a fantasy book ever. all of my books have been really like personal like just between people a lot of the time and the closest i have is i wrote one book that was just in one area that was very minimalist as in there was literally nothing on it but a bell tower and a pool like yeah. there, there weren't trees all the sand was white and that was it <laughs> oh boy <laughs> it was in different so, regions so but... i'm going from there to like having to end up describing it's like what are the houses like what animals live here what are the foods the people eat like what do they sell primarily mm-hmm. yeah that's where i'm at right now <laughs> so you're trying to do like a game of thrones light like very light yes especially <laughs> sure, because and, and go ahead Ian. If, i was gonna say in 50 hours before nano is not the t- time to be deciding <laughs> like i need to build a world yeah. yeah especially because this is supposed to be the first step to my other book where it's gonna it's gonna be like this except i'm gonna go in deep on every single region and it's gonna be very expansive in multiple books mm-hmm. well and that's why knowing that the amount of work that it takes to do this and you know the amount of days i have left until i die i was like <laughs> you know what I should do the work once for a fantasy world and then just stick the story in that same world so I only have to do this once. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's smart. Uh, what problems do you see yourself having, Liz? Um, just length. Uh, I, I really only have that the story I was originally going to do for Nano fleshed out. Everything else is basic ideas, like a creepy point I want to hit on, but uh, nothing's too fleshed out, so... I also would you say would you say it's not flesh ordered out? <laughs> oh, that was a real tight fit there. It didn't oh. even fit. <laughs> I'm also not sure just about writing in general, like when I'll have time. Because the last nano I did, I was in school, so I pretty much would go to class and then I had the whole rest of the day. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. Now working full time and everything, I'm not sure when I'll have the time to do it, but. Do you think having like outlines for the story is really going to help you? Like if you're figuring out, I need to hit like this beat on this day and this beat on this day. 
Yeah, so when I wrote my last book for Nano, uh, the outline helped a lot because I would I outlined every chapter. So I knew I would sit down to write a chapter and I knew going in like what I was supposed to be touching on. Yep, and as someone that's done like the three complete nanos before, I absolutely need to know what I'm doing each day or I get nothing done. Exactly, yep. So I maybe I should make a more expansive outline, I'm not sure. I did the math and figured out like how many words per story and everything in per day, but It seems like you have your your one big longer one pretty mapped out though, right? Kinda? Not chapter by chapter. I have a lot of like ideas yeah general ideas of what's going on okay because it seems like that might be the first one to maybe just start like pounding away on right because that one you have down the best that's true i actually wasn't going to start doing that one first but that's kind of a good point because i could end up making that pretty expansive so sure you, you, could, you could even get like you know 20 25 out of that just that story alone Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> i don't think <laughs> You don't think? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't write like you, do so <laughs> we'll see. Maybe 18 or 19? <laughs> this is like the high points 3,000. Yeah, I'm like oh, maybe boy. six. <laughs> I really go crazy. <laughs> 6,000 wow. if you really put your mind to it. Well, uh, so that's going to be my problems for sure. Those are some big problems. <laughs> yeah, <wow. laughs> That's not holding back. <laughs> I do not envy that. All right. My problems are also going to be trying to trying to find time to write, which that's again I feel like that's the point of Nano though is you're supposed to like squeeze it in and you're just pooping it out as fast as you can. <laughs> Squeezing it to hit fifty. It doesn't matter what the words are as long as they're down on the paper. Yeah. And then you spend months after wiping and cleaning. <laughs> it's a really messy. Yep, messy process. Um, as far as like my specific, again, I, the world is like so half-baked right now that I'm trying to set this in. But the thing is, is like I've set such a limited, like the journey does not go very far. And so I don't really have to have that much developed for what this actual book will entail. So is this going to be the first in a series? No, this will just be like, imagine if like, I don't know, if in like Lord of the Rings, there was like a one-off story like about Hobbit. like, oh. The Hobbit. <laughs> yeah, but like way more limited in scope. Imagine if it was like they went from the Shire to, where's that, Bree. Bree. That's it. Okay. And so it's just all that like, oh, farmer's fields. No, oh, there might be spiders somewhere around here. And now we're in Bree. That's literally the opposite of my book where I'm trying to cover the entire world. Mm-hmm. See, because I, I knew that if I tried to do a much larger one, I would end up writing. It'd be way too long. I would not be able to do 50,000 and it'd be done and out. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah. Like, I wonder if I'm going to encounter that problem where I'm like, I went too big. Maybe you might feel like you went too small. It'll Well, because so for the previous two nanos that I actually attempted, I went far too big for both of them. And so again, like that first book, I'm like 100,000 words in and I'm not anywhere close to finishing. And so I, I could have easily gotten 50,000 out of that. And then the second one, I was trying to do like like Liz is doing. I was trying to do an anthology of stories. And so I, could, I just bounced between stories and I was basically discovery writing the whole time. And I got, I was like 28,000 words or something like that. And so I did an okay job. It's just none of them had a goal. Yeah. Mm. So you need more direction, kind of like this, where you're like, I know where I want them to end up. Mm -hmm. Right. 
they're gonna go find what's his name that guy the friend <laughs> horace they're gonna find horace in the in the, the, in flesh, the border. flesh border yes yes so do, the you, end. do you have an outline i do yesterday i wrote like i have like two-thirds of an outline done and mm. i've also started doing because in order for it to be a creepy story you have to have like each individual character has to have some sort of arc you know over the story mm-hmm. and so i started figuring out the arcs for each of the characters and then now i need to figure out the creepy stuff that's going to basically cause everyone to die so, <laughs> wait wait is everyone gonna die i think i think i'm only gonna have one person oh see how how spoilery are we getting with when we do these talks uh, that's a good question. It's kind of like up to us whether I think overall in the talks, our story's kind of going to be laid bare, especially if we're like the last week, we're just writing the end. We can't be like, well, you know, I got to write the final battle. It has to be and us then, and trying to yeah. describe it. <laughs> yeah. And then they get there and things happen and then the book ends. Yeah, I feel like basically week by week we're going to discuss what we wrote. So. Well, so so my initial plan is I'm going to have, who's my girl? Uh, Nettie. Nettie. So Nettie's going to be super, like, unassuming and stuff like that, but she's, she's secretly going to be the bad guy. Ah. And she's not even going to be the bad guy. She's going to be working for the bad guy, and she basically, because she's she's going to be the carriage driver, and so she constantly is taking this trip with these people and delivering people to the bad guy. Oh, oh that's pretty cool. That's really Being like, hey, I'll join up. And she's basically uses, because all these people are going to be broken or looking for something in some way, and they go on this journey basically into the mountains and into the forest because, so in my book, I have trails that go like spider web all throughout the land, just like America. Mm-hmm. And then basically people build railroads and then a bunch of people start ignoring these trails. And so there's a bunch of trails where basically they're like, hey, you know, Think about it like, oh, we're we're in New York City and we want to get to Albany, but we've lost the trail between the two. And so these parties go out like annually to try to rediscover the trail. Oh, okay. And so all these people are going to be going for their own reasons. And she basically finds these people and exploits that and then brings them and delivers them to doom. This sounds like it's hmm. going to be really dark. Yeah, pretty dark. <laughs> really these poor broken people are just i feel like what's going to be interesting for you is trying to write the story in such a way that you're not purposely like pulling in people that like light-hearted stories like you have to let people know in the beginning that it's going to be like a bad time ahead or there's you need to make like some kind of dark auger that tells that something's not going to go right well sure and this is also kind of affecting how i would write when I actually go to actually write the real fantasy series in this world is initially I wanted it to be a really lighthearted book to have some dark elements. And then this is going to be really dark. So I don't know if it's possible to have like a, you know, Oh, the Hobbit, but also like in the meantime, all that crazy dark Lord of the Rings stuff is going on. Yeah. And so that's what I'm trying to go for is like, Oh, and these like little corners of what would essentially be like the Appalachian mountains like, there's really dark stuff that goes on, even though the actual fantasy story is going to be maybe a little bit more lighthearted. Hmm. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Oh, boy. All right. So, I have two more bonus things to ask you guys before This is we not on the outline. <laughs> nope. It is not on the outline. This is the bonus round. The first is, what character are you looking forward to writing the most? <sighs> and for me, I what's hard is, like, I think I'm going to say Sahet right now, but I 
she's so far out into my story because she's the last person that gets picked up so that's like halfway or over halfway through my story so i'm trying to figure out how to put her in but my thing in my story she's going to be immortal so she's going to have seen most of the world develop and i have to find a way to write her in such a way that like that she's smart enough to 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 convey that information Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that is quite a twist. She's immortal. Um, I mean, for I think I feel like I'm looking forward to writing three. I'm not sure who the most. I'm really looking forward to writing Tall because I've never written uh, where your main character is essentially not good. But mm-hmm. he, he has an internal struggle where he doesn't want to be bad. He's, he's not malicious. He's just really selfish. Um, I'm looking forward to writing Nettie because I kind of like where I've put her in now, where she's secretly going to be sort of hunting him down from afar. And then uh, I also am just looking to writing about Wyron because I'm excited to put him in a bad, bad place. Liz, when I ask you to pick one character, you have to name one, not half of them. (laughs) Oh, sorry. Well, I guess my favorite or my the one I'm most excited for then would be Tall. Um, I'd say Wyron just because I want him to scream Horace a lot. Horace! <laughs> 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 he's going to be screaming it for a lot of that trip. He's going to be... Um, <laughs> I was going to bring up Ned Flanders. Or no, no. Is it um, when Homer's outside screaming for Marge? <laughs> <laughs> the ring on his footing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, Marge! <laughs> yeah. Um, still, the, the very last question is... I know we're supposed to be hitting 50,000 for Nano, but estimate how much you're probably going to do, or how much you want to do, because I want to get 60, I think, this Nano. Uh, I I think that's what I'm probably going to (laughs) do. I mean, I'm going to give two answers again. (laughs) Oh, boy. If I write well, 25,000, and if I don't, probably going to be done by the first week. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow. So you're saying by like the third podcast, you'd be like, well, it's just two of us now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Liz kept out at 3,000. We had to put her in her tomb. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, no. She got tombed. Got yeah. You die if you don't finish this, really. <laughs> well, we're going to get tombed. <laughs> Ian, how much do you think you're going to write? Um, I guess I will also give two answers. If I complete it, I'll be over 50. Uh, I don't know how much, though. I probably will not finish. I know that. And then if I don't complete it and do not win Nano, I'll probably be sitting around 20. 20,000 seems right. So you think like halfway through Nano you're going to Yeah, be... I, I've made it halfway through both other years. So I think I can make it halfway through this year. Mm. Okay. Interesting. Cool. All right. So that has been Tomb or Tome. <laughs> or Tome. I don't know why I said Tome in the scarier voice. <laughs> Because writing a book is pretty terrifying. Yeah, it's actually, yeah. sometimes I'd rather die. Yeah. yeah. just dying and ending up in the grave really early is great. Yep. Yeah. Maybe down there I get to see Horace. <laughs> Horace! <laughs> great. It's a joke. Great. Horace! <laughs> we end every episode screaming Horace in unison. All right, yeah. All right, so thanks for listening, everybody. Horace! <laughs>